Why are you here? Why do you exist? What is your life about? The old catechism asks, what is the chief end of man? And the answer returns, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But what does that mean, glorify God? What is God's glory anyway? It seems the Bible teaches that God's glory is the expression of his nature. It is his holiness shining. The root idea in the word glory is to think or to seem. When we hear something in the news, we might tell ourselves, yeah, that seems about right, because it rings true to us. To think rightly or have a true opinion about something is to understand its nature. Glorify means to think or to seem. When I was in college many years ago preparing for the ministry, we learned that when my life glorifies God, it means that my life gives off the right opinion of God. People can form the right opinion of God by seeing the expression of my life. People see my life in the context of trying to express God's nature and they say, yeah, that seems about right. So the glory of God is God expressing the brightness of his nature. And when I glorify God, I'm also expressing something of his nature, though not perfectly and with many distortions. But some light does actually get through. And people can nudge their opinion of God to align more closely to reality by looking at our lives when we are in conformity to his nature. John Piper of our day and Jonathan Edwards of the 1700s have done a lot of work trying to explain what it means to glorify God. Edwards especially breaks this idea down even further. Truth number one, God is inherently glorious. Before creation was called into existence, God was, and he possessed in his nature, he is himself, a myriad of perfections, a thousand thousand beauties of personality and mind, deep wisdom and cunning, music, light, power. All this was true about him before any creature existed that could perceive it in him. He was inherently glorious. The triune society of God himself rejoiced in that glory. But if it is good for him to be inherently glorious, it is also good for him to express that glory outwardly. To express outwardly what was true about him inwardly in his nature. So it was good for him to express that glory. Truth number two, God expresses his glory. We see this in creation. Psalm 19 sings that the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. We look at the night sky or even the noonday sun, and we perceive a communication. Through the medium of creation, a message comes through loud and clear. Knowledge comes to us. A voice without language proclaims that God is glorious. We can tell there is a divine being and he is eternally powerful. We also see the glory of God expressed in the life of his son, Jesus Christ. This is where we can really form a right opinion about God. Absolutely. Jesus, in a prayer, told God the Father, I have glorified you on the earth. 
I have finished the work which you have given me to do. The Apostle Paul put it this way, He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This image, Christ, the very icon of God, makes the invisible visible. When you make the imperceivable perceivable, you're expressing something. You're trying to let people's vision of something line up with reality. Christ was the absolutely perfect expression of God's nature. He not only helps us form a right opinion about God, to think correctly about God, He is the full expression of that reality Himself. God expresses the fullness of His glory in His Son, Jesus Christ. Truth number three, glory perceived. But God who created out of fullness and expressed himself out of love, created a society of knowing creatures, human and angelic, who could see and understand. When you see and understand something, you perceive it. If it's good for God to express the glory, it's good for there to be an audience to see it. This is not ego on God's part, because Christ is the full expression of God's humility, a key part of God's nature. He created an audience of sentient beings that could appreciate the glory. It was good for inherent glory to become expressed glory and then to be perceived glory. If so, it is good for the glory to make the audience rejoice also. And that's truth number four, glory enjoyed. When you hear a song that pleases you, you often tell someone, you gotta hear this. When you see a movie that captures your imagination, you tell your friends, you gotta go see it, it was great. In fact, films live and die by word of mouth. This goes for food, restaurants, and reputations. God wants us to experience the joy of his music, the brilliance of his nature, the love of his heart, the absolute correctness of his clean justice, the depth of his wisdom, he wants us to enjoy being at the celebratory party of his presence. This makes you say, wow. But it goes deeper than just that. I don't think anyone who has truly encountered God comes away unchanged. They definitely do not come away bored. It is an experience that transforms. It makes you tremble. It instills awe. It is truly awesome in the real sense of that word. At the same time, it fills you with gratitude. In fact, to rejoice in His glory and then to express your emotional, affectionate approval is called praise. And this praise is also a form of glorifying God. Truth number five, reflected glory. Reflecting your enjoyment of God back to Him is called praise. Praise is a happy response that rises from joy. I don't think there is such a thing as grudging or unhappy praise. There can be no such thing. Gratitude is a form of praise, a category of praise. Thankfulness is giving credit where credit is due with joy. That is why in the New Testament, our sacrifices to God are not animal sacrifices, but simply expressions of gratitude. Hosea and Hebrews in the Bible calls our thankfulness the calves of our lips, the offering of our lips. Then. This praise draws you further in. It draws you closer to the eternal cataract and fountain of God's glory. You perceive it more deeply, the inherent glory of God. 
and the cycle starts all over again. And that is why you exist. This is what the catechism means. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God, see his inherent glory expressed, perceive it, enjoy it, and reflect it back to him, and to enjoy him forever. Liberty Church Audio 2023. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio.